Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 35 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here today with Jesse Zagorski. How's it going, Johnny? Yeah, doing well. Uh, so you're out here in Chiang Mai, originally from where? San Diego, California. Nice. And you, are you, I have no idea what you actually do for money. <laughs> I know you make money. Cause I, I have I, no idea either. It I, just shows up. Because I'm, I'm sitting in your nice apartment. You have, you know, a great two-bedroom place in Chiang Mai on Neiman Hamid, which is the, kind of the cool area where everyone wants to be. Um, so you're not really bootstrapping, you know, what, like, what are you actually doing out here? Well, it's a really good question. Um, my wife and I are here basically taking a year off. So I have some passive income coming in. I'll talk to you a little bit about how I set that up, what it is, why I'm here. But the reason you have no idea what I do is because I only work about two hours a week. And I'm not saying that to brag or to be like, hey, look at me. It's just that's the way the last five years all came together and set up in my life so that now... I can basically explore, travel Southeast Asia, and spend a couple hours a week working, and the rest of the time is fun time. I like it. Yeah. What do you do on your fun time? Oh, lots of stuff. So we're going to uh, northern... V so we live in Chiang Mai, Thailand. We're going to uh, northern Vietnam to explore down through Hanoi, Ha Long Bay, down to Da Nang, the beaches of Vietnam. And then July, we're going to go over to Bali, spend about a month in Indonesia, do some surfing, hanging out. Um, we've been to Nepal, uh, all over Thailand, uh, really just kind of exploring. I like it. Yeah. That, you know, that sounds like... A, um, a commercial for, you know, like every, every man's dream back <laughs> home. Uh, it, 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 it feels like it, and I'm very grateful. I really, I don't want to, like, like, underestimate the fact that every day I wake up and I'm incredibly grateful for having this opportunity and for being here, and I don't want to take this for granted at all. Okay. So I, I don't really know what Jesse's business is, but I've known him for a couple of months now, you know, through the entrepreneur circle out here, and... It's pretty easy to get plugged in, I would say, you know, especially in a place like Chiang Mai where it's weird where if you're not looking for it, you'll never see it. I mean, I've met people who've lived out here for years, never even knew there was an entrepreneur community until they started looking for it. And all of a sudden you meet a new person at least every week, if not every day. Yeah, it's there's a huge entrepreneurs community here that I knew it existed before we chose Chiang Mai. There was a number of reasons for why Chiang Mai. One, just cost of living is so low. But the fact that there are so many entrepreneurs here is super inspiring, super fun, because it's just nice to meet friends on the road. So you meet people with common interests. Um, yeah, so, I mean, meeting you is just one of those things that I met you, we connected, and I love the fact that you have no idea still what I do for money, and I've known <laughs> you for months now. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? The end of the day, it's like you figure there's so many different ways that people have made money, either passively or online, that it's, I, I even I am surprised all the time. You know, it's it, like there's the the main five, I guess I would say. What do people use? They do either e-commerce or dropshipping, uh, internet marketing, right, affiliate sites. Yep, yeah, um, some kind of SEO or e-commerce. Consult consulting, some sort consulting. of some sort of tech consultant or yeah. Yeah, or they're a programmer. Right. Or they made an app. Uh, but every day I hear something new. Yeah. So you know, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's why I like interviewing people. Just find out. It gives me an excuse to sit down with you for an hour and talk biz and talk lifestyle instead of just, you know, when we're out 
uh, having dinner with you know with your wife and my girlfriend, and we're on a double date. It's usually you know we don't want to sit down and just talk. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> talk business. Right, right. And business comes up, but no, I agree with you. Um, it's really cool. That's actually this taking a year off. I'm not really taking a year off. I'm not working full time, so I, I say I'm taking a year off. But I'm gathering ideas. I'm looking for. I have an idea now of my next project that I want to work on in the next few months. But I've been spending the last six months just talking to people, hearing what works, learning about drop shipping and e-commerce from you, you know, and figuring out do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? What do I want to get into? Um, I would to answer your first question though. I, I was a real estate broker mm-hmm. in the U.S. for ten years, and then I started a mastermind group uh, to connect other real estate brokers to each other, help them grow their business, business development, that sort of thing. I also fixed and flip houses and um, own a few investment properties. Okay. And that kind of spans the gamut of what I do for money. And how old are you now? I'm 34. And so right now you're basically 34 doing a mini retirement. Yep. If you wanted to, can you can you just keep this passive income going and just live like a pretty simple life? Or is it something that you're like, okay, I have a one-year, you know, it's like a one-year fixed vacation, then I have to go back to, to real estate again? No, if I, if I wanted to and live a, when you say a modest life in Thailand, a modest life is a pretty good life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about you get massages three or four times a week. Um, you live, we live in a really nice place. We go out to dinner all the time. Thailand's just super cheap cost of living. We could pretty much live here indefinitely. What about the coup? <laughs> <laughs> um, that I suppose if the coup got really bad, we wouldn't want to live here indefinitely. But it looks like at this point, I mean, day-to-day life hasn't been, you know, dude, day-to-day life hasn't been affected. Well, the reason why I joke about it is the only people that ever talk about the coup are people that don't live here. Right. I hear about it on Facebook all the time. People message me on Facebook saying, hey, I heard Facebook has been taken down in Thailand. And I respond <laughs> to them. No. <laughs> you, you mean when you and me were messaging yesterday on, on Facebook, Facebook yeah. to set this up? Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, it did go down for about an hour, but it wasn't the government trying to block Facebook. It was just down. Right. And even then, you know, there's things like VPNs you can use, but you don't need it. I mean, it just what I did was I, t- I figured, you know, this is my break from Facebook for an hour. Let me go to the gym. <laughs> Johnny, you took a break from Facebook yes. for one hour? Uh-huh. That's very impressive. Thank you, buddy. Uh, it was yeah. hard, man. <laughs> I mean, I would say here's a life tip for people. If you catch yourself constantly refreshing your Facebook feed, there's something wrong. Yeah, you're you're un, you're unhappy. Just go out and go work out. Go, do something. go, go connect with people in real life. That's actually I'm jumping around a bit, but one of the biggest lessons I have learned in my life here in Chiang Mai, so the last six months, is to disconnect and take time to disconnect. I used to be back in the states with my business attached to my cell phone, not just Facebook, but email, texting, like just every, I would habitually, addictively check my phone, pull it out of my pocket and just look at emails all the time. And I thought it was making me happy. I felt really productive. But when I came here, I no longer carry a smartphone and I am so much happier. You laugh when I say it because you I've know. Seen, I've seen your phone. <laughs> yeah, you've seen my phone. It's a little like 600 bot, which is, what, what is that? Like $15. Yeah, $15 Nokia burner. Like the yeah. type, you know, you buy it. It's, it's the old school texting that I don't even use to text because it takes too long. Uh, I do have an iPhone, but I have push notifications turned off. So I don't get any Facebook messages. I don't get email updates. I just use it to listen to podcasts when I'm walking around. Uh, And if I need to in a crunch, you know, I'll I'll Google something or uh, I'll pull something up. Uh, So it's nice to have that convenience. But I definitely understand if if you, you know, a lot of people don't have the willpower (laughs) to stay off of Facebook, stay off of that. Uh, As far as email, I'm much more productive at a computer. So hmm. I don't I don't own an iPad. Uh, I've actually been given free tablets, and I just I I just give them away again because <laughs> I don't see the point of laying in bed checking email or checking Facebook. If I'm going to go on, if I'm going to log on to Facebook, I want to be able to 
reply and actually write a thoughtful right. comment instead of just liking it or doing a smiley face. I mean, sadly, I've actually gotten to the point where I can write an email on my iPhone almost as fast as I can at a computer, which is a good thing, but also a really sad state of affairs. That means that I'm using my iPhone to write things too much. That's why for me, disconnecting is huge. But I agree with you, not bringing technology to bed makes a huge difference in so many ways in your life. I mean, we, that's a whole other topic. We could spend hours talking about, about <laughs> that's that. That's true. So I'm, I'm curious more about, about the actual uh, income. So you, yep. you, you have a website, it's, what is it? So the group that I run is uh-huh. uh, DS Pros, Default Servicing Professionals. It's a, uh, it's a mastermind group for real estate agents and brokers in the US that focus on the bank-owned home niche. Okay. So it was huge from about 2005, 2006. That was when we had the peak of the US real estate market. Things just started crashing and bank-owned homes started going way up. So I was actually a real estate broker myself in San Diego. I still am. And I was focusing on selling bank-owned homes, sold a couple hundred homes a year. Um, so a huge volume business. I started connecting with all these other brokers across the country, started connecting with clients that I could introduce them to to help them grow their business, turned it into a business development company. From there, turned it into this mastermind where we still have a once a week conference call. We talk about what's going on in the industry related to bank owned homes, talk about other income streams for these brokers, whether it be traditional real estate. I mean, that, that's the basic gist in a nutshell of hmm. what grew this uh, what grew this network together. And so I still spend a few hours a week because that's all it really takes. All the content is member driven. Hmm. It's the members connecting with each other. It's not, listen to Jesse, I'm teaching you, I'm in charge. It's, hey, we got a great group of people. You guys are all really smart. You guys are all entrepreneurial, guys and girls. Why don't you guys share info with each other? And that's my job is just to kind of stir the pot. I'm sure in the beginning, it was, you had to kind of instigate a lot of that knowledge sharing and bring up topics. Yeah. But now that's been going around a while, even though you're not in the US and you're not currently selling houses, you can, you're still plugged in enough where they can, you can facilitate. Right. And, and I do still have a real estate business in San Diego. I, my partner, who is actually my mother on that business, is still running the day-to-day operations. We've scaled it way back. And without going to too many tech details on the real estate side, which doesn't really matter as much, but it's still running. It's just much smaller. So I still am connected, but I don't do anything day to day with it. So I do still know what's going on in the industry. I do still have my kind of my finger on it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. When we first started, the key was all of these people knew each other in person. It wasn't like I took random people off the internet, put out a bunch of marketing and said, hey guys, come look at me, I'm knowledgeable. These are friends of mine that I knew that I made in person and we transitioned into this online group and this you know, conference call based group to stay connected. And over the years, the group got more and more connected to each other, which just added value and added a layer of trust within the group. Does that make sense? Makes absolutely sense. And now that I think about it, I actually had created a dropshipping mastermind group. Okay. And I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> Does it still exist? Or? Yeah, it's, okay. it's still going strong. Uh, I, I'm actually not a part of it. What it is, is I'm busy, you know, I have you know normal life. I'm out here. My dropshipping stores are pretty much passive already. So I don't really want to participate right but my friends that are still getting started they you know can hugely benefit from it right so all i did was i emailed four friends one you know one lives in new york two live in one lives in los angeles orange county and uh i don't remember who the fourth person was now off the top of my head <laughs> we won't tell him yeah <laughs> but basically i just said hey uh you guys are all personal friends of mine why don't you guys get hop on Skype once a week or Google Hangouts right. and you know help each other with these stores? Yep. And it's crazy that two of them lived within 30 minutes of each other and had never met, but because they knew that you know I'm personal friends with them, they were really open and honest to help each other, and they've all made more money 
you know, because of this mastermind group. Totally. And, you know, it could have been something I could have set up better. I could, I should have facilitated the first meeting or something, at least introduced them. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, even me kind of just shooting an email out and saying, hey, you guys should conference yeah. call, that was enough to start it. Well, and the, the good news is with them, it sounds like they were entrepreneurial people who are usually pretty good self-starters, very creative. So all you had to do was plant the seed and they took it and run with it and it's still going. Like they didn't even need you to facilitate. If you had the desire to build a business where you teach people how to do drop shipping and run it as a mastermind community, yeah, you'd get on there, do the first one, you'd lead the mastermind, you try to recruit more people, you get the first group of people in for free, you start building it up, and then you start charging people down the road. Um, that's a different business model. And that can work for almost any industry. Yeah. Besides, you know, not just real estate, not just drop shipping, but literally almost anything. Yeah, and, and it's, it's actually what I'm playing with, the new project I'm going to do is along those lines, um, just for the general real estate population. I mean, I've learned something really interesting, which is, and you can apply this to almost anything. You can teach someone how to do something. You can tell them, this is exactly what you should do. So, in the, for example, a mastermind. You should start a mastermind. This is exactly what you should do. Your friends that you told that to are the rare example that they actually took it and ran with it. Most people will say, oh, that's a really good idea. Can you do it for me? Mm -hmm. Or I'll pay you to do it for me. And that's why it's a business model. That's why you can do it is because you can. they could do it on their own. They don't need you. But yet, they continue to pay because it's nice to have someone facilitate. It's nice to have someone organize. And it's, it's a value to them. And, but at the end of the day, they're all making more money in their businesses because of this weekly mastermind. Oh, yeah. So you know, I, can, I can see why they're happy to pay you for it. Well, the, the members in my group, because we started from business development and then switched over to mastermind, when they initially paid, they probably got 10 to 20 times return on investment for their upfront money they paid. And over time, they're probably continuing to get, I would say, uh, a minimum of 10 times return on investment or else they wouldn't have stayed members of the group. It's really one of those things that if you provide value, and I, it was kind of a question of what value we were providing, what is the service, but over time it got flushed out and the people that were a good fit for that stick around and they're really thrilled on it. So the beginning, the business development, what do you actually mean by that? Um, we were introducing them to clients. So they were a real estate broker that wanted to sell a house in fill in the blank city. I had connections at banks who had houses to sell in that same city. So let's just use Miami for an example. I got a buddy in Miami who's a member of my group. I got a bank that has houses to sell in Miami. I connect the two of them together and say, hey, you guys should work with each other. You guys would really like it. They said, great, and they would start it off. And those members of our group would gross anywhere from you know, fifty dollars to $100,000 in a year from one introduction. That's, yeah, that's awesome. It's, and those of you listening to the podcast, those days are gone <laughs> for the foreclosure world. It's going to come back in about another 10 years. It's cyclical. If you like real estate, keep an eye out for it. But it's way, it's way, it's not the same. It doesn't exist anymore. That opportunity is gone. You know, I, that's a huge, you know, a great topic that you bring up is market timing. And not just with real estate. Real estate is probably the easiest example because right. everyone, you know, everyone's, has been through it in their lifetime. But with everything, there is market timing. And that's why it's you have to kind of get in early on things and be open-minded. If you kind of wait around and be doubtful on things, opportunities just pass you by. Right, what's what's the quote, quote about luck? I forget who said this, but luck is the meeting of opportunity and preparation. Yeah, I can see Meaning that. you gotta be, re so with real estate, we'll use the example. I was working in real estate for five years, really kind of like half-assing it. I was playing in a rock band. I was making enough money because the real estate market was booming, but I had this business that was set up in the infrastructure there. So when the market shifted to go to these foreclosures, I saw the opportunity. I actually had a business coach that said, this is an opportunity. I said, you're right, this is an opportunity. Started shifted to the foreclosures so I had everything in place. I was totally prepared and was able to capitalize on that market shift. So you really got to be there at the right time. But 
it's it helps if you already have everything in place when that momentum really hits. Does that make sense? That definitely makes sense. If you guys you know want to start a podcast, do it now because right now, even though there's a lot of podcasts, it's still pretty early on. Totally. You know, and this is market time. I guarantee you five years from now, if you want to get into podcasting, it's going to be a lot harder to break in right. because there's going to be so many more people doing it. Uh, same thing with dropshipping. Right now, it's getting so popular that everyone keeps talking about it. So I was really lucky to have been in it a year ago and had the experience from it. And now I can do things like I have a site called dropshipq.com, which is basically Q&As for dropshipping. You know, and I, people are paying me for phone consults now. And things like this are just market timing opportunity. And, and, and you know what? Maybe I'll create a mastermind for it as well. Right. I mean, who it, knows? It's it's market timing and it's also becoming really expert in what you do. Mm-hmm. So you learned really quickly about dropshipping and you became really successful. And so that's it's the t- combination of market timing as well as knowledge and expertise. So if you are good at what you do, the, I mean, the cre- they say cream rises to the top. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that. People will find you. People n- will hear about what you're doing if you're doing something really unique. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I, what you said earlier about preparation, I think what had prepared me for it, because I actually didn't know the term dropshipping and, and I actually <laughs> looked it up on Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> But what it was is for the four years before that, I was blogging. Okay. Right. And even though it, you know, blogging, you're not selling anything, right. but you're still learning like really super basic, like, you know, image editing or like real basic HTML right. or just even writing content and like tracking your, your viewers if people are actually, you know, coming or not uh, to your site and things like that, that prepared me to create my first dropshipping store. Yeah. You know, so for, for people that, you know, have never even made a Facebook page, you're probably gonna. It's it's gonna be harder for you to start a e-commerce store. If if they've never made a Facebook page, they're probably not listening to your podcast. So those yeah. of you listening to your pot to the podcast, if you have friends that want to do this and haven't don't have a Facebook page, tell them to make one. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, you know, that makes sense, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Dude. No, but, but seriously, you're absolutely right. If you have to get in the game, you have to start by doing what somewhere. So for you, it was blogging, which you learn all those basics, which is awesome. And then you said you saw the opportunity, right? I mean, that's I know your I know your story. I'm sure your listeners have heard it before, but it's like you saw the opportunity and you are someone that can recognize opportunity, which is phenomenal. That's what you're looking for is your your eyes are open. You're like, OK, is this is this a, a shift? Is there a momentum change? Can we? But I, here's the thing is. It's also being open to the opportunities and jumping on it. Right. Because I remember when I made the first sale, it was like July 27th, you know, last year. Uh-huh. I called all my friends. I said, hey, this is an opportunity. Get in dropshipping now. <laughs> and all of them were like, oh, no, you know, this sounds nice, but I don't know. Can, can I ask you a question? Because yeah. I don't actually know this. How long did it take you from when you first learned what dropshipping was and what the opportunity was to actually get your stores up. How quick was that? So from the day I read what dropshipping is on Wikipedia, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I so luckily I had met Anton and right. he had that course. Yep. And I followed that and it took me exactly two months from that day to making my first sale. But, but well, two months to make your first sale, but how long did it take before you started working on getting it set up? Like when you read about it? Okay. How, how, long, how long before you got an action on it? You know it. I wish I could say, you know, I jumped on it right away. Oh, okay. Oh, so it didn't, it wasn't. Uh, right no, it, oh. um, what had happened was two weeks had passed by. Okay. And no, I had, no, I had watched the first video on, on the Anton Method course. And I was like, man, this is awesome. This okay. is like, this will work. I could see this, you know, I could see this working. Right. And then I didn't do anything for two weeks. <laughs> Why? What happened? 
you know what? You get lazy. Yeah. And you know what? I, I like that, you know, people think that I'm this go-getter. But <laughs> honestly, I'm, I am a little bit lazy. But you present really well as a go-getter. I appreciate it. Well, I, I think what it is is when I know I have to do something, I'll do it. Right. Uh, but at the time, I was like, I was making, I think, $600 a month on my, on my book. Uh, 12 Weeks in Thailand, yep. the Muay Thai training book. It had just come out. And I was like, oh, you know, I can, I can live off of this. You know, Thailand's pretty cheap. <laughs> Couldn't live well. But I was like, right. I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really need another source of income right now. Right. So I was a bit lazy. And I think the only reason why I really jumped on it was I had heard that Anton was coming back into Chiang Mai right. just on vacation. He, I think he had come, you know, and toured around. I'd done the islands or something. And I didn't know him that well. I just met him once at the time. And I had all these questions to ask him, but then I didn't want to bother him with questions that he already answered in his course. Got it. So I thought it'd be rude of me to pick his brain, you know, and ask him stupid questions when, you know, when I already had his course. And I was like, all right, before he comes back, let me watch all the videos. Let me set up the store, you know, so I have an idea what the heck I'm talking about. Um, And that's, it was that sense of urgency. Right. And I would say, you know, the same thing in real estate, if somebody, you know, refuse to do any of the homework or like watch the videos you sent them and then ask you stupid questions, you probably wouldn't want to answer them. Right. But if they at least did that part of it and then they had questions, you know, it's a different story. Well, thank God then Anton came back because it gave you a sense of urgency. And no, it's really interesting. I, it, the reason I was asking those questions is because I, I've learned long ago and I had a theory that you just, I guess, I guess you kind of stuck to my theory, but, but maybe you didn't and you still ended up being successful. My theory is always that the people who are the most successful are the people who, from the time they decide an idea is a good idea till when they take action is incredibly fast. Mm. They might get an idea, have a research phase. They might think about it. That's however long that time period is. But from the day they say, this is a good idea, they are all in immediately. I've become like that. Okay. I, so Ever since I started becoming successful with these stores, I've become like that. Okay. And I'll, I'll show you a couple examples of stores that I've pulled up, I've made within, I would say, 24 hours. So uh, I mentioned earlier uh, dropshipq.com. Yep. And it's basically a you know, website where people can submit questions about dropshipping. And this entire website I made in 24 hours. <laughs> That's awesome. And I had like, uh, I made 10, I made and edited and, and, um, and uploaded 10 videos on that first that first day right and you know now i now it's like once a week you know people call in for questions but that was you know that was me taking actions because one day i had an idea i'm like instead of answering people through facebook message or through email all the time because people you know now that a lot of people see me as a kind of someone who's done josh man and you're, successful with you're it, becoming an authority yeah and yeah. people are emailing me and i keep answering them but i'm like well <laughs> instead of answering them individually why not just make a video of it yep. and put it up and that way other people that have the same question can can get to it as well absolutely which is a really cool idea and so that that does then follow with my theory because i i really see the trend and anyone listening like i don't know if you ask around successful people in your life i just started doing this years ago um Every time I meet someone successful, I'd just start asking them questions, trying to figure out what they do, how they work. And I would see that trend, which is as soon as they had a good idea, they were out acting on it. I mean, I remember I was at a real estate training seminar years ago and someone was in the room talking about some new advertising technique. I don't even remember what the details was, but this guy who was totally successful, literally at the break, ran outside, got on the phone, was put, calling back his staff to put in action this plan. And he said, but he already had this new marketing strategy put in place by the time he's like, this is killer. I'm doing this now. And he had it done within minutes of hearing it. It was crazy. I like that. You know, Action really does work. And this this podcast, for example, I created this 
Okay, so I met Terry Lin. Yep. He uh, is with the Build My Online Store podcast. I had met him randomly out here in Chiang Mai. And, you know, first time meeting him, he asked me what I did. I told him the story and he's like, man, that's really interesting. Let me get you on a, on a podcast episode. So before he even edited and aired his that episode, yep. I had made a podcast with four episodes. <laughs> So, so you told you totally are. So I don't know what happened with your lazy phase with the with the dropship, but it sounds like you really have cultivated that skill of when you get an idea, you're on it. Now, now that's that's true. Okay. And not all of them work. So I'm going to show you a site right now that uh, hasn't worked. Right. <laughs> but I also this is also something that I made overnight, basically within 24 hours, and literally you know was 24 hours because I was so excited about it. I spent the whole <laughs> afternoon and night making it until like 2 a.m. Totally. Went to sleep and I was so excited. I woke up at 5 a.m. went to Starbucks and worked on it more. Right. And it's optimizedlab.com. And the only reason why it's called that is I had the domain already. <laughs> <laughs> Which might not be the best reason to do something, but I like it. Yeah, but, but it worked. <laughs> and so basically what it is, I don't know if you guys, if you're, have you heard of Paperly? Uh, no. So it's, a, it's actually made by Facebook. Okay. And it's a way where you can import you can you could set up you know feeds uh to import into a online magazine okay and you it can, looks good uh, thank you it look uh, it looks great and i think um you know it has 41 shares so you know obviously people are you know are liking enough and sharing it but it's not as popular as it's, i want it to be but, but it's just at optimizedlab.com right if i go yeah. there i can check it out mm -hmm. so but it's not as popular as you want it to be but have you promoted it have, have you done no. much with it? Well, zero <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing. You put the action into place, but then you, you're working on too many projects that you didn't focus on this one. So you could, I mean, it looks great. It looks like it has potential. You could totally blow this up. Yeah. It's just a matter of, do you want to spend the time and effort to work on this versus... Versus, versus something else. Okay. Yeah, especially because I don't really have a reason for this. I mean, this isn't, it, there's, it's not monetized. I actually paid $9 a month to get rid of the ads. Right. Uh, but what it is, it's, I actually use it for myself. Okay. And um, I put in a list of 25 like entrepreneurs that I like to follow. Yep. So on here is like Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, James Shanko, uh, Evan Spiegel, you know, uh, Dan Andrews, you know, all these oh. people that I like, <clears throat> I like reading their stuff and seeing their stuff anyways. And what it does is it imports everything that they tweet or blog about uh, for that week. How and cool. it's updated once a week. And does it categorize it for you? Like it's putting in each of these categories? Yep. It like I see health, society, technology, environment. How cool. And this is run by pa the Paperly platform? Yeah. Dude, I, I love this. I, and this is really cool because I like all the same people. I would totally read your Optimized Lab magazine just purely because it's all the stuff in the one spot. That's rad. Yeah. And I, I was actually thinking, I was like, you know what? Even if no one else reads this, I'm going to keep it for myself <laughs> <clears throat> because it's so much easier than for me to just look at this than to go to 10 different websites. Right. Uh, and what's, you know, what's cool is once a week when I get it, I will... Um, kind of you know i would move things up and down from the headlines right back into like the i guess the archive sections right uh based on things that i think would be interesting for me to read but also other people right it's like your own personal pocket like you know the mm -hmm. program the app pocket so it's, it's like that only this is your own you created your own magazine and if other people like it awesome if not <clears throat> it works for you which is pretty cool yeah and but and you know one really funny thing about it is within days of it launching i get an email from someone from random house publishing okay wanting to send me a new book called Birdman <laughs> <clears throat> and basically <laughs> saying like, Hey, you know, um, you know, dear owner of optimized bot, you know, right. optimized lab magazine. Um, <clears throat> we have a, you know, a new author coming out right. that has written for blah, blah, blah. You know, we want to send you a sample of the book. And we're like, I was like, okay, well, where did they find you? Do you know where you pop up and what list that they would, would have found you? 
I have no idea, okay. to be it's, honest. It's I think, interesting. Yeah, I think what it is is, you know, people, sh- you know, the 41 people that shared it, when that's just through that, that app. So okay. I think when people share on Twitter and stuff, it doesn't count. Right. So let's say 100 people shared it, and somehow that publisher, you know, was looking for, for the hashtags of... Um, people who have mentioned that book. Uh, oh, okay, got it. So that, so you had on your site a hashtag relating to that author or that book or something. Somehow something, it tied yeah. in. That's pretty cool. I mean, it reminds me of, I had a friend um, back in college who started a online zine for like music reviews just purely so they could go to shows and get free tickets to concerts and like, not that you're starting this thing so you mm-hmm. get free books, but it's just interesting how the world works. You start from one thing and then that guy ended up growing it into a pretty huge business and making money off the ad revenue and he did it purely because he wanted to go to shows yeah. and see free music, you know, so. So, you know, man, this, this, this episode packed a lot of different ideas. <laughs> that might be because I'm a little ADD in terms of my ID generation. Do we need to get more focused here? Do we need no, to... no, okay. I like it. Cool. What, the listeners need to get more focused. <clears throat> when you guys deposit and write down... So out of all the ideas we, we've given you, there's probably 30, right? Okay. Write down one that you actually take action on. Yeah, that's, that's an absolutely good idea. And when you come back, have you come back? Have they unpaused it yet? Yeah. Okay, so now you've unpaused it. <laughs> so this is something before you came over, Johnny, I was thinking about. If you're sitting at home, back in whatever country you're from, you have a job, maybe you have a business there, or maybe you have a job, you're trying to figure out how do I get over to another country, right? There's yeah. two real streams I could think of. You either figure out a way to bust your butt and hustle and make a lot of money where you are in your current business and then leave it all and come on autopilot or you figure out a way to do something that makes money from anywhere, right? And they're they're both just as valid because most people I meet over here in Asia have chosen the second option, which is let's hustle or no, let's make money online where I can do that from anywhere. But I think a lot of people overlook the fact of if you've got a job and you're not absolutely miserable and you don't have to quit today and you have opportunities to make money, it's not, there's nothing wrong with making money for a year and then come and take freedom. And in that space, when you're taking freedom, you might come up with a really cool idea to continue that freedom. Does that make sense? I definitely agree with that. I would say the caveat to that is as long as you have a plan, like a date set, right. and you're working towards that goal, then that's great. And I think that's actually the smarter way to do it. Right. Uh, however, the what I see, and I've seen this countless times, is I have friends who say, I'm coming out to Thailand, I'm moving out. And then I see on Facebook, they bought a new motorcycle. Right. Well, well, that okay, you just hit the nail on the head. That was my second point was, if you're going to bust your butt and make a lot of money, you have to be okay with living below your means, right? So if you're going to make a lot of money, you can't immediately go spend a lot of money because then you'll never end up getting there. So my, my wife and I, were, we were making really good money for the few years before we came out here, but we were still living like we were living before we made money, you know, like we're still living in a small apartment and we weren't spending a lot of money and we were saving up. And most of the money that we did save went into buying rental properties. So investment properties that are cash flow positive and make money to generate other passive income. And it was a strategy of, I knew what the timing was for me, but totally agree. If you don't make a plan, you'll never leave. Like I have friends that are still back home working that would love to do this. There's a book that you recommended called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Yep. Uh, When I first read that book, it really completely shifted the way I think about money. And the only reason why I don't recommend them too much now is because I know now all these products are like these MLM pyramid schemes. <laughs> but that totally. original book was fantastic. But, but I mean, the, the basic concept, you don't even need to read the book. You can, su- I mean, you should still should read the book, mm-hmm. but the basic concept is pretty easy. You, I think we were chatting about it and you summed it up, which is 
buy assets that produce income, not things that depreciate. So you went and bought a new motorcycle. It's not going to make, unless you're a professional motorcycle racer, that's not going to make you money. Yeah. And as soon as you buy it, it's worth less than when you bought it. So that is the wrong type of thing to spend your money on. Exactly. If you have a lot of extra income and you love motorcycles, dude, do it. I'm a big fan of doing things that are fun, but just make sure you have your priorities. So yeah. So what I bought with, with my with my income because I had I think I had like 20 or not 30k sitting in the bank so I was like you know what let me go buy something and I bought a bunch of Facebook stock nice I don't recommend buying (laughs) any single stock because it's basically gambling right like 100% is gambling nobody nobody freaking knows what the heck's gonna happen I mean you could have ideas you could have mentors but really no one one knows it was better than putting all your money on black I was gonna do that (laughs) I know you were (laughs) so I figured I was like and this is what happens to people that win the lottery or suddenly come into money. You don't really feel like you deserve it, so you want to spend it. And I, I had that feeling. I had like I was looking at my bank account, thinking, "This is stupid. Why do I have so much cash in my checking account?" And I was like, "I need to spend it. I need to buy something." So I started looking at you know Ducatis, and I started right. looking at you know buying a condo danger, or something. Danger. And I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna gamble anyways, let me let me buy some stocks. And I so I, I called up the richest guy I know and I said, What are you investing in? He said, Facebook. And I said, How much do you have in there? And he's like, I have ten thousand shares. And I was like, Okay, let me buy a hundred. Right. <laughs> right. And I said, Can you just do me a favor and just let me know when you sell it? And he's like, Okay. Okay. So I bought in at actually really high. You know, I bought in at sixty seven. <laughs> so that was not good. Right. <laughs> Especially when I dropped down to fifty seven. Right. So, so I called my friend. I said, hey, what are, you, what, what are you doing with your shares? And he said, I bought more. And I right. was like, okay, bought more. Uh, a few weeks later, drops to 55. Right. And I'm, I call him again. I said, hey, what, um, what are you doing? He's like, I bought more. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I bought more. So I think I started with 100 shares. Now I have 250. Nice. But most of them I bought at $55 a share. And today I just looked. Now it's at 63 again. Okay. So I think right now I've... I've made a little bit of money, if not at least broken even. Yep. But that's the mentality of of buying something that can make me money instead of just spending it on like a car or something. Right. And and did did you know much about stocks when you bought it, or do you or do you wish you knew more about it? Before I knew you nothing, it? and I'm glad I didn't know anything. <laughs> why is why is that? Because I think if I overthought it, if I if I thought about it too much, I just never would have acted on it. Okay. Um. Interesting. See, see, you and I are different there because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely more. You probably are. I'm probably more risk averse than mm-hmm. you, as far as an entrepreneur goes. I'm definitely into calculated risks. Mm-hmm. But the reason I bought investment properties is because I knew a lot about real estate. I've been working in real estate full time for ten years. I knew market cycles, and I knew that <clears> in 2011, when I was looking at these properties, we were pretty close to the bottom of the market in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And when I ended up buying them in 2000, late 2011, 2012, it was just past the bottom, but still basically the bottom of the market. Okay. And so I felt very confident that if I'm willing to hold these things long term, it's going to do well. You you knew you didn't know that much about stocks, but you probably knew enough about Facebook to feel confident that like this company's not going out of business. Yeah. Long term it should get more valuable. Well, the well, I figured this is my strategy. First, my friend knows a lot more about stocks than I do. Right. And if he's going to invest his own money, then I'll I trust him. You cool. know. And he gave me the caveat. He's like, "Dude, you know, there's a chance that you know you lose everything. But I said, you know what? He has a lot more investment in it than I do. Right. So I said, okay, well, you know, that's fine. And he's he in the past he's made I think he's made over a million on just Facebook. Wow. And he bought Amazon when it was at like fifty dollars a share. Wow. And now it's at like two hundred. So 
you know, he has good a good track record, right. and he has no reason to you know to steer me wrong. Right. right. So, so even though you didn't personally know that much about stocks, you found someone that you really trusted who mm. was incredibly knowledgeable. Which is, as long as you trust them, it's just as good, as, almost as good as you knowing yourself. In this case, it actually is might have been better because it's you wouldn't have pulled the trigger if you had a research exactly. yourself. Interesting. Uh, and you know, and this, so the only real research I did is I took a look at a graph. You know, for the last you know year, last five years, yep. to see like how low was it, how high is it, and because. I use Facebook not as just as a consumer, but also as a uh, as an advertiser. Right. I know that Facebook stocks now actually uh, are profitable. Uh, Facebook ads are actually profitable now right. because of you know th- new ads like retargeting or uh, in news feed. So they're going to start making money from it. Right. Um, you know, I don't really want this podcast to be about Facebook stocks because I I I don't care about it. <laughs> but D- disclaimer: Johnny is not a financial <clears throat> advisor. He's not recommending any person. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but no, but it's basically. Here's here's the, here's the caveat at the end of the day. I was gonna spend that money on something anyways. Right. Either it would have been on something stupid or on something that potentially would make me money. Right. And I figure if I lost everything, the only thing that would make me do is put a fire under my butt to create another dropshipping store or right. another you know like basically make more money doing something else. Right. Um, and, and I bet once you spent that money, even though it wasn't gone. On the it's holding in a stock that you could liquidate and you could sell by looking at your bank account and seeing a lower balance. I guarantee it created more motivation for you to go work again. Exactly. That that's actually what happened. When I had that thirty k in the bank, I didn't work at all. Right. I, I literally for three months, all I did was travel around, vacation, <laughs> and now just on maintenance mode. And yeah. as soon as I spent it all, yeah. And I was like, crap. Now I have you know my bank account is in you know four digits now, and I was like, I have to freaking right. do something or it's gonna be in three digits. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, how, you know, let me make more money. And I have because of that. So, so here's a takeaway for people listening. They could create two accounts. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready to invest in something or put it somewhere, take your account that you use that you look at every day and have a second account and keep moving money over to, into that other account so your balance you look at on a regular basis looks low. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or even just retrain your brain to think 10,000 is zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how do you, how do you retrain it to think? I like that idea. Ten thousand is yeah. zero. So anytime you look at your your bank, and I did this as a kid when I was like fifteen. Right. I I didn't have ten thousand. I had thousand. Right. But I trained myself to look at it and think a thousand is zero. If I have less than a thousand dollars, I have zero dollars. Oh, I like it. So I can never get to that low. I like it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm a big fan of programming your brain and uh, reprogramming it. Very cool. You know, overthinking things, as you were mentioning earlier, is so detrimental to entrepreneurship. I would say the two things that are complete polar opposites that has made me better at business, one was getting dumber, (laughs) and the second is being clearer. What what do you mean by getting dumber? Because I I understand getting clearer, but what what do you mean by getting dumber? I don't know if I've actually lost brain cells, right? but after doing like Muay Thai and MMA for four years, and living out here and not using, you know, correct grammar or anything right you're kind of like because <laughs> when you when you talk to people out here everyone's speaking another language right <clears throat> you know english might not be their first language so you end up just not caring about grammar as much right and the mma getting hit in the head all the time you know <laughs> it did two things maybe it dumbed me down but second it just at least it got me in the more in the moment okay. so i stopped overthinking i stopped thinking about ah. what i'm gonna say uh and i just speak P- paralysis of analysis exactly yeah and the second part about getting clearer is basically just changing my diet, uh, you know, getting the, rid of the brain fog. 
Right. So now, you know, I'm, I always have energy. I always, you know, I'm exercising regularly. I'm getting sun regularly. So I would say those two things combined. Now I don't overthink things uh, and I just act. And mm-hmm. then second, <clears throat> I have the clarity and energy to act all day. Yeah. And those are the two things that help the most. Which is awesome. And I, we've talked about this a little bit. I got on the health path 10 years ago, actually. I, I became vegan. I cut out all processed sugars, all refined carbs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we could spend a whole hour talking about, which I know you've spent time talking about it before, but super, super important to figure out what works for your body. And if you want to be productive, you have to have energy to be productive. Totally agree. And what's crazy is people think sugar is energy. Sugar, well, it's it's short-term energy, yeah. but it comes with a negative. It comes with a crash, and it comes with a dependency on that constant stream of sugar. So, so that's the best thing I, I've done. I would say with any diet, any diet that works, and our diet's polar opposite. You're vegan, <laughs> You're and paleo. I'm paleo. <laughs> yeah, but we have something in common. We both don't eat sugar. We're you know kind of these refined you know refined crap. Right, and that has helped both of us. Yeah, uh, and and everybody's body responds differently. I I talk to the same uh, the same naturopathic doctors that are the, that you got that you talked to uh, Shannon and Alexis and uh, they were definitely trying to convince me that being vegan long term is not the right strategy for me it's worked for me for 10 years so I'm not really ready to change you just have to experiment and find what works for your body like you found immediately when you made these changes your energy went up right mm-hmm. and it's self-reinforcing then you you start to feel better so you continue to do the things that make you feel better well, so I have a friend that was just visiting from New York. This guy named Will, and he was, you know, always in. He wasn't that much out of shape, but he wasn't in shape at all. Right. And when I saw him about a year ago in New York, I had noticed he had lost a lot of body fat, uh, and he was overall a lot healthier. Yep. <clears throat> uh, but it's he was almost getting a little bit too skinny. Hmm. Uh, and I sat down and ate with him, and what it was was he was eating a ton of vegetables but it was everything was really low fat right very he only ate meat once a week and you know he he ate like a little bit of olive oil and things like but that's it so what i learned from that was i was like you know what i can eat a lot more vegetables yeah you know if i want to lean up let me eat as many vegetables as this guy's eating yep but what he took away from me was you know what why not add in some healthy fat like avocado coconut oil or grass-fed butter and that's what he added in he alternates between those three things interesting Uh, and i said you know when you're gonna if you're gonna eat meat anyways you might as well eat grass-fed meat right and he's like okay so i saw him again now it's been almost a year and he is jacked <laughs> you know nice. and he still eat basically his diet is still the same he eats tons of vegetables more than and like you can't, i can't even i can't even explain how many vegetables <laughs> this guy eats that's awesome it's like you eat it until you get tired right and you're just like man i can't chew anymore it's just too many <laughs> is, it, is it raw or cooked vegetables he does both he okay. does he does a, a huge freaking plate like i would say a basket of raw vegetables and then he makes like a, a vegetable stew. Was he able to do that in Thailand? Because that's the thing is I miss eating more. I feel like in the States, it's way easier to get more healthy fruits and vegetables. You can find fruits in Thailand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to get a lot of vegetables, it's I find it hard to get enough vegetables here. Well, that's why every Monday or Friday I go to the Canterbury Hills salad buffet. <laughs> nice. And I pack like, I'll eat you know three salads, yeah. three huge ones. Yeah. Uh, I found another place that has 130 baht, which is $5. Uh, and for lunch and dinner, I might just go there every day just because, you know, food to me now, still, I still want it to taste good. And right. once in a while, I want to sit down on a nice dinner with my girlfriend, have, you know, have her have a glass of wine. Right. I want to sit down like with ambience and have people play live music. But most of the time, I just want to eat something. It's fuel. Yeah. And I having that shift 
where that's no longer my source of happiness. Right. Versus when I worked at Honeywell back in the U.S., my source of happiness was yes, I gotta go to lunch. What like <laughs> where should I go today for lunch? Well, that's food as escapism. Mm-hmm. That's food is like I mean, not that I don't know whether you enjoyed that job or not, but most people look at food, and I'm not judging it whether it is good or bad or indifferent. But for me, I'm now like you. Food is fuel, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it, and I want it to taste good, but. It doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. I'm eating stuff that I know is going to make me feel good and enjoy my life. So I'm totally with you, man. Yeah. So there's this new buffet place just actually two blocks down the street that is they have grown meats, but they have like a huge salad bar. Let's so go. I'm like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, you know what? Anytime I just want food, I'm just going to go there. Right. Because I can make a huge plate of raw vegetables. You know, I could put on some grilled uh, beef or grilled chicken on there and then that's my meal I could be done in 20 minutes go back you know go back to doing whatever I want to do nice and the best thing is I can walk there oh, that's I would, cool I would say your air, this neighborhood that we both live in is awesome oh it's phenomenal it's it's we, we only kind of knew it was the hipper up and coming neighborhood for Chiang Mai before we moved here mm-hmm. um, and we were just kind of walking around and we immediately fell in love with it there's so many fun restaurants and little shops and just it's it definitely feels like you're in Thailand you absolutely know you're here but it, yet it's got a lot of things that it reminds me of like East Village of New York City from I a mentioned few that a lot yeah, actually East Village of New York City but from a few years ago but with a Thai feel you know I mean it's it's near a Thai university a lot of Thai students so it's a pretty rad area yeah Tons of restaurants, tons of bars. Yep. Uh, I love it. And you know what? Uh, so my new kind of workout, my, my, my routine is I, I started walking everywhere now. Oh, cool. So I still have a motorbike, but I tried, you know, if I'm going to go to lunch or even coming here, like, sorry I was five minutes late, um, but I figured, you know what? In, in Thailand, it's it's pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is no concept of on time in Thailand. And I was going to hop on my bike and get here on time, and I was like, you know what? I should have just left 10 minutes earlier so I can walk. And I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk anyways. Well, I, I forgive you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Because <laughs> I figured, you know what? It's better for my body yeah. just to be able to walk and enjoy you know, enjoy the sun, enjoy the air. Is, is it not too hot for you, though? That's my thing is I love walking and in when it wasn't as hot here, but now it's about 100 degrees mm. every 90 to 100 degrees, and like mo- the motorbike cools you off. So walking, it it's like... I start sweating immediately. I think you also get used to it if you if you exercise more like pretty often and walk pretty often. Dude, you... dude I think it's just a physiological really? thing. I, I mean, I, I do. Tri- I don't know if you know, I do triathlons. Uh-huh. So I go for runs outside in the heat and like. And you just never get used I've, to it. I've been here for six months and I still haven't gotten used mm. to it. I sweat just all the time. Well, one thing I actually do when during the peak sun, you know, afternoon. Yep. I actually walk with my shirt off. Interesting. Because I try to get 20 minutes of direct sunlight a day. Okay. And it's, you know, walking to and from lunch is, you know, exactly 20 minutes. Right. So, and it's, gets my vitamin D levels up. It's super healthy. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, that's just physiology. So if some people do better in the heat than others, my body is not, I mean, I can, me- I've can, so we talk about programming your brain. Mm-hmm. Before I moved to Thailand, I started programming my brain to love the heat. Mm-hmm. So I never used to like the heat. I've traveled to India a couple of years ago and I napped for like three hours a day every day because it was so hot. So before I started coming, I started saying to myself, I love the heat, but not just like, I love the heat. I would literally say it with like my entire body. Oh, like, nice. I love the heat. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like I, whenever I was running, I would like repeat this in my head and say it out loud. I love the heat. I love the heat. Super Tony Robbins sort of thing. And, uh, but it worked when I get outside and I think, oh man, it's really freaking hot. I just think in my head, I love the heat and mentally I'm okay. It doesn't change my physiology. I still sweat buckets, but I'm mentally okay. You know, one way that might help you uh, change your physiology uh-huh. is if you can find a hot sauna. Okay. Uh, and even better if you can find a hot sauna and an ice bath. Okay. What what happens is, 
here in Chiang Mai, it's 100 degrees out, but I'll still go in the hot sun every once in a while. Interesting. And which is, you know, 140 or something. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. Right. And I'll sweat it and I'll be so freaking hot. And but then for the next day or two. Right. I can walk around 100 degree weather and it's fine. It's all relative. Yeah. I, I will absolutely try it. Yeah. Okay. So, and, uh, you know, there's other benefits of sauna as well. Right. You know, it's nice and relaxing. But so speaking of temperature change, one one reason why I know 100% a lot of it's mental is I worked on an island hotel uh, scuba diving. Okay. And I worked for one company where every single person complained always about how cold it was. And everyone would wear these full length five millimeter wetsuits. And I started, you know, basically wearing full, you know, uh, three millimeter wetsuits as well, full length, and I was complaining it's cold. And then a week later, I started working for a different company. So the the water temperature was the same. It was twenty eight degrees Celsius, which you know, it's like I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Twenty eight Celsius. Yeah. So it's like, eighty something, yeah, right? Yeah. But in the water, you know, it gets it feels cold. cold right? Yeah. yeah. Um, especially if you're down there for an hour. Yeah. And this next company, you know, everybody was in board shorts and like a rash guard. And same water same water same week of the year yeah. right and they would all basically say stop being a bitch you know like stop being um you know stop caring about you know the water right like the water temperature so i was like all right well let me try it so i tried board shorts and i tried the um the rash guard and i was fine yep and I realized, you know what? A lot of it is mental. It's mental, and it's probably also the people you were surrounded by. If you were surrounded by people in wetsuits, but you were still wearing your board shorts, you'd be like, there's something wrong with me, because mm-hmm. these people have wetsuits. I probably need a wetsuit. Yep. But when you went to the new company, and you were surrounded by people who were all in board shorts, and they're like, dude, you're crazy. You don't need a wetsuit. And you're like, oh, this is normal to wear trunks. And then it was okay. Exactly. So how does that relate? When you're out here, and everyone you meet is an entrepreneur traveling, working online, you know, making passive income, you're like, this is completely normal. Yeah. When you're back home and all your friends are complaining about their job, you know, and they're trying to get the next promotion, they're trying, you know, and, you know, even on the flip side, everyone's buying a Mercedes that they can't really afford, you know, living in a, you know, what they call the McMansion, right? Yep. You know, living in a house with a crazy mortgage that they can't really afford uh, and buying car, you know, leasing cars or, you know, financing cars. And you think it's normal. You're like, oh, well, that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But in reality, you know what? I mean, maybe your reality is skewed. Yeah, absolutely. And and so that is a totally actionable step someone could take away from this is if your friends aren't supportive in the right peer group for what your goals are in life, what you want to do, doesn't mean you can't hang out with them, but find different friends that you can spend time with, find a different circle that's going to support this and make you think it's normal to start an online business, right? That's why I'm taking a full circle back to masterminds. Mm -hmm. That's why masterminds kick butt because you will be surrounded by like-minded people who are working towards the same goal and you'll start to think, oh, running an online business is easy. I can do this. This is normal. These guys are doing it. They're living, they're making money. Boom. Exactly. And you know, even just listening to this podcast or listening to podcasts like this is a big first step because you, you know, that's why I like interviewing different people every week is, you know, the first couple of people are like, well, you know, maybe, maybe these guys got lucky, you know, <laughs> but after, you know, 35 episodes and there's, you know, almost just 35 people, different people that have all made this lifestyle work. You're like, well, you know what? Maybe they're not lucky. Maybe they're actually just putting in the effort. Yeah. And one thing that I do, I started listening to this podcast and other podcasts that are all about entrepreneurs. I listen to it when I'm at the gym because mm-hmm. I think it's really cool to tie in something physical with your body into reprogramming your mind. So if I ever have days where I'm doubting, I don't know, is this like, is this going to work? Is my new idea going to be good? I'll do something physical at the same time as listening to one of these podcasts. And it totally pumps you back up because you get that physiology and that endorphin rush combined with real information that's like, oh, this guy's doing it. I can do it. 
It's, I like that. Yeah. My favorite times to listen to podcasts is when I walk. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> you know what? It sounds retarded, but walking really is so healthy. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to start, you know, just leaving for work or leaving for, you know, lunch five or ten minutes earlier just so you can walk there. Like whatever, you know, if it's, if it's less than a 20-minute walk, just do it. Do, I don't know if you know this. Do you know that walking actually helps connect the hemispheres of your brain? I can say that. So okay. you have, it's scientifically proven, they've done studies, left side, right side, any physical activity, but even walking, they did studies that your left side is generally, you know, you've got your creative side and you've got your analytical side. By doing something physical, it helps connect the hemispheres of your brain, which helps you connect in ideas and be creative but yet process information. Mm-hmm. So listening to podcast while you're walking isn't retarded at all it's brilliant it's because you're able to make your brain in a in a form that's ready to absorb this information and put you in the right mindset i like it it's pretty cool so that's a homework easy homework for everyone yep uh so let's say someone is a real estate agent just just for that example yep and they want to live this lifestyle what would you recommend for them uh first thing i would do is i would see sorry we got a speaking of coup we have a military helicopter yeah. going going by uh, <laughs> that's actually the first you know, really, like really first sign of military presence I've seen. Yeah, that, that's... I, I feel 100% safer. I feel safer here than I do in California. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was making a joke because I think it's funny that I don't know what if that was actually military or not, but I didn't, I didn't see it. But um, no, I feel totally safe. Might be an entrepreneur. Balling. All right, so if you're a real estate agent, first step I would tell them to do is decide if real estate will be their vehicle for living the lifestyle of a, of a location-independent entrepreneur. You gotta decide, are you, am I gonna make my money in real estate here? Am I gonna put in a plan, like you said, and a time deadline of this is when I'm gonna get out? Or can I use real estate to connect into something else the way I did, into a, a mastermind? Or maybe it has nothing to do with real estate. So real estate is just a vehicle to make money and save up while you really spend your passion on something else. That's step one, is you gotta get clear on what your vehicle is. I like it. Yeah. What about people who are afraid? Like, they, let's say they've built up a business, built up their name, mm-hmm. you know, have all these leads, you know, that might not close to three months or six months. Yeah. And they're afraid that if they come out for like a, even a vacation, you know, or coming out for three or six months, that they're going to all that hard work is for nothing. And then when they go back, that they're going to have to start all over again. It's a very real fear. I would acknowledge that like if, if there's a fear, you would have to look at what's driving that fear. Do you have systems in place? to allow your business to continue to run and these leads that are gonna close in three months, people on your staff, systems, whatever it is, that when you go back, there will still be something there. If you don't have those systems, it's not a, an irrational fear, it's a real fear. Your business may fall apart if you take six months totally off it. So if it's an irrational fear, if you look and you say, no, I've got systems in place, I can leave for three months, these things are, I'll check in with email every once in a while, these things will keep running. Well, then you have to look at what's driving that fear. If it's irrational, like not a logical fear, it's not. It's still a valid fear, but you have to look at, is, the mo- is it worthwhile for me to do this? What's my motivation? And what's my backup plan? So if you have savings, do you have money? So it kind of talk yourself through it that, I know things aren't really gonna go badly, but what if things freak accident happens and they do go badly? What's my backup plan? Mm-hmm. That tends to make a lot of people feel better. Also, I'll take a page out of the four hour work week. If everything does go bad and you go back and you have to start from scratch, realistically, how long would it take you to get back to where you are? Yep. And for most people, three months. Right. So Absolutely. if you could take a, let's say, a six-month vacation and have to work hard for three months when you get back, is that worth it? Right. And, and that's, that's really the question is a lot of people say they want to go live in another country. They say they want to go travel. But the reason they say it is because it sounds cool to say it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you just have to ask yourself, do I really want to do this or does it just sound cool to say it? And if you really want to do it. I think it is cool, man. Oh, I, it's, I, I've, met, I've met tons of people who have come out just for vacation. Uh, and all of them, I would say for I would say 
Yeah, I would say all of them, except for maybe like one or two, like you know, real city girls. You know, right. they all want to. They all want to stay. Right. Oh, oh no. When I say cool to say it, it is cool to say it. Uh-huh. What I mean is, do you really want to do it for you, or is it just because like it's the cool thing right now to say I don't want to have a job. I want to travel the world. Like, if it's really important to you, if if you make this something that you're absolutely committed to, and like it doesn't matter what happens, I'm gonna make this work. Then that tends to overshadow the fear. Every time you feel, every time oh, I'll just talk about myself. Every time I feel nervous, like is this idea gonna work or not, I shift my focus back to either things that are working or reasons why I'm doing this that are going to be worthwhile. So I'm fear fearful that like my new business idea, my new mastermind I'm going to launch might not have traction. It might not work. I'm going to waste time and money on it instead of focusing on, well, shoot, I'm going to spend six months and some money and it's not going to go anywhere. I focus on when it's successful, I will be helping people by doing X, X and X. I will be making money this way, focusing on the positive and what's the potential is what helps me kind of shift away from the fear. Does that make sense? I like it. Yeah. So unleash your potential, take action Yeah. and Get some exercise. <laughs> <laughs> go, go for a walk. Go for a walk. Go for a walk. I'll say that that's the three key points of this podcast. And, and the best part about go for a walk is it's super easy. You could actually do it right now while you're listening to the end of this podcast. All right. Good advice, Jesse. <laughs> Thanks, um, Johnny. <laughs> I'm glad to have you on this episode. Uh, so even as you know, a person who you know basically was in real estate for a ton of long time and you want to go back to it, right? Or- uh, I don't want to go back to it in the way that I was doing it before. I plan to continue having a real estate business in San Diego, but it's not going to be something that's going to be full-time. I want to have a system set up and I want to continue to help other... I'm going to go back to real estate as an industry okay. to help other agents grow their business. Now, that's actually a very good point where if you didn't sell... Let's say you never actually sold houses yourself right? and you just try to create this, it wouldn't have worked. Right. It, it, it might have worked, but it would not have been as easy because mm-hmm. I have an expertise and a knowledge base from selling houses for 10 years. So I think what, what people could take away from this is whatever you've invested 10 years of your time you know, into and you, you feel like you're an expert at something, don't just think that time was wasted. Right. You know, don't think like, you know, I, I you know, I'm, let's say you're a chef or something. Right? right. Or let's say you're you're anything that time that you spend in becoming an expert for it. You can transfer that into scalable location, independent businesses. Right. And, and you can also change it. So I got lucky that selling real estate is actually something I really love and I'm excited about. But what I realized I love more is not necessarily selling houses. It's the, the concept of the industry, how it functions and helping other people to sell more houses. Like that's more exciting to me. So let's say the example of you're a chef, 10 years of being a chef isn't wasted knowledge, but maybe you don't love being in a kitchen every day. Maybe what you love is helping people who either want to become chefs, helping people who were chefs transition to something else, something around using that knowledge base, but you can shift it to something that's more in line with your passion. I like it. That's a great sign off for everyone is figure out what you really want to do and how you can help others in that industry, especially if you can make it location dependent. Jesse, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Johnny. All right, I'll see you guys next time. If you guys want to see the show notes uh, with links to Jesse's site and ways to keep in touch and everything, it is episode 35 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I want to give a shout out to uh, all the people who've left five-star reviews on the iTunes store, as well as people who just been retweeting and being super cool on Twitter. Uh, hashtag sharing awesome. Uh, a guy named Phil uh, at BrumPW has been uh, retweeting like crazy. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, as far as on iTunes, we have a couple new reviews from this guy named The Dude Is Not In. <laughs> Amazingly inspiring. Five stars. Every time I listen to an episode, I get an incredible burst of energy. This show is really inspiring, and I will make and it will make you want to make a radical change in your life. It shows how a normal person can live an extraordinary life. Thanks, Johnny.
as well as J.K. Cron, Travel Like a Boss. Refreshing and informative approach Johnny takes. I look forward to each new podcast. Keep up the great work. Uh, LAX Swim Surf. Started listening because of podcasts where they talk about work in Australia, never even minding the business side of the talk till I was constantly listening to the idea of dropshipping. Now I'm hooked, signing up for Anton's Method very soon and hopefully going to Thailand as well. Subscribe, it's worth your time. Thank you guys so much. I know it's a bit of a pain in the butt to go to the iTunes store to leave a review, but it's highly, highly appreciated. Do See it. you guys Do it now. <laughs> next week. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.